0: I am Joel McLeod,
1: and I'm Roland Tanner,
0: and welcome to the penultimate episode of the 905er for 2021. And for this illustrious occasion, we wanted to follow up on an earlier story we did in in the pandemic. Well, sort of. Those of us in the 905, as well as in Ontario at large, are very familiar with the struggles of Peel region to tame COVID-19. At the height of the pandemic, peel seemed to be the textbook worst case scenario for covid-19 constantly racked with high case counts and short on resources to tackle the problem it appeared that a large number of cases were in racialized communities who were predominantly employed in the logistics and warehousing industries and that we had become so that we had become so dependent on to get us through this crisis now back in january prior to vaccines being available we spoke with Dr. Priet Brar, who is using multicultural media in Peel to reach out to the various communities that were affected by COVID-19 the most to educate them on the effects of the disease. Now, we had wanted to follow up on this story and see what the situation was like in Peel today. And we were very pleased to hear that this is a very much a good news story. Peel region has turned itself around from being an epicenter of infections to being one of the highest rates of vaccinations in not just Ontario, and not just the 905, but the entire country. Peel has 86% of its residents, 12 years of age and older, fully vaccinated, with 90% of that same population having at least one dose. One of the biggest contributing factors to this milestone is the hard work of community groups to reach out to the various ethnicities that make up Peel to educate and mobilize them into achieving this accomplishment. Groups like the South Asian COVID-19 Task Force, the Latin American COVID nineteen task force, the Black Health Task Force, and the Canadian Muslim COVID nineteen task force. Today we're joined by Urz here of the Canadian Muslim COVID-19 task force. Urs is a well-known figure in Peel region. She is a former journalist for local Rogers TV and is an, an active community advocate. She is a member of the task force and we reached out to them to invite her on to sh- for her to share about her group and what they did, as well as the others that i mentioned before to help mobilize their various communities to help turn the tide on COVID-19 in Peel region. As well, we wanted to learn what lessons we can take away from this experience to help us vaccinate the remaining age, age groups of the, of the region, as well as to look into what we have to deal with, in the, with the Omicron variant going forward. Now, as always, we want to help keep telling stories like this one, but we need your help to do it. Please consider supporting us on Patreon for only $7 per month, or if you want to do it for a one-time fee, please look at our buy me a coffee page. Every little bit helps, keeps us going and links to both sites are on our show notes. Okay. Uh, I would like to welcome to the podcast for the first time, Urz uh, here from the Canadian Muslim COVID-19 task force. That's, that's a mouthful of a, a of a name, uh, but thank you Urz for for coming on. And this, th- we've been excited to do this episode just because it, it, it's a, a great follow-up to a previous episode that we did on the, on the podcast on Peel region and, and how uh, the population was dealing with COVID-19 and especially trying to encourage uh, the various ethnic communities in, in Peel to uh, uh, basically get, ultimately get vaccinated. And I'm going to throw it over to you, Urs, and and you can tell us, can just give us a bit of background on, on the the task force and how that came to be and, uh, and the the work that you've been doing uh, since uh, the start of this pandemic.
2: Okay. So thank you, first of all, uh, for having me on um, and uh, allowing me to share our story. Uh, the Canadian Muslim COVID Task Force had actually uh, started before the lockdowns begun. So the Sunday before that Monday lockdown announcement, um, members of uh, the physician Muslim physician community uh, some faith leaders um, and uh, community partners got together and said, "We have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. This COVID uh, pandemic is real, and it's going to hit us. And we are a community uh, which gathers frequently for prayers, and you know, just foreseeing the potential spread that our community could have." been uh, responsible for was a big concern. Uh, Dr. Hashim Khan uh, was one of the, he's the brainchild and one of the co-founders, um, the lead lead person uh, who actually began this initiative. Uh, he said, you know, we need to be able to connect with all of the faith communities across the country and let them know that we are concerned and we want to help uh, mitigate any uh, uh, COVID spread that could potentially happen. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but when we pray at the mosque, we're usually shoulder to shoulder, um, standing right very close to each other, almost touching each other, just, you know, it's it's in very close proximity. Um, and, you know, so just for seeing, you know, if somebody had that, you know, the spread could potentially be out of control. So, um, you know, we actually had, uh, you know, come up with uh, various ideas on how we would communicate information um, right from the get-go. And, um, you know, we came up with literature and pamphlets on how to space each, you know, space apart and, um, you know, wearing masks and, you know, all of that was sort of a collaborative, uh, you know, strategy, which included uh, community partners, public health, government, etc., um, and uh, you know, having these social media campaigns, having town halls to talk about it with uh, physicians, um, with scholars, because a lot of um, you know our community uh really relies on the words of a scholar and what does a scholar say you know uh I, I know it's used very loosely the fatwa but you know informally like what is the ruling on on you know can you um close the mosques down in this situation um you know who would be at You know, who, you know, would it be a punishable sin if you missed a Friday prayer, which is equivalent to Sunday church? Um, You know, so there were a lot of things that we had to take into consideration and really, um, you know, hit that, uh, you know, uh, send that message home uh, with the community. Um, The COVID task force, you know, held town halls in various languages um, with various superstars in the community, with, um, physicians what, what, and doctors. What,
0: what, and what, was the, what was the reaction from the community like when, it, when you and, and I presume imams and other, uh, other noteworthy people in the community would stop and said, we, we have to change what we're used to in a very drastic way. What, what was the, the, what was the, 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 reception, uh, to, to the layperson?
2: you know, change is never easy for anyone, regardless of what background or culture you come from. And so this was definitely something that required uh, people to change. And, you know, we did have uh, resistance and, um, you know, just uh, getting our name across and getting what, you know, the information that we were trying to share. uh, First of all, to build that credibility, we needed to latch on to and have connected with our organization, uh, very uh, prominent uh, scholars, uh, faith leaders, uh, for example, Imam Hamid Salimi and um, uh, Dr. Rafat Mohammed, uh, you know, these are well-known names, part, uh, the Imams that were part of the Canadian Council of Imams, which represented, you know, from coast to coast Imams across the country um you know there was hesitancy but when people heard names that were popular and well-known incredible and um you know they started paying attention uh you know even getting our name out there the muslim covid task force People we were like who are you why should we listen to you you know we don't know you type of thing and you know we really had to like you know build our our credibility and that was just through the work that we were doing we would share information um, as outreach lead, my job was to ensure that we were connecting with, um, you know, the mosques across the country, organizations, um, and and connect, uh, you know, with the the local health authorities in each area, um, in um, you know languages as well. I mean, you know, when we were in, uh, you know, reaching into Quebec, uh, we had to make sure we had. Uh, you know French speaking people who were yeah. able to convey that information and communicate and and also connect with um, you know those who needed to be connected to. Uh, I think the biggest authority which also helped us was the fact that Mecca, Saudi Arabia, had shut down. So while it was hard for us to convince mosques to shut down here, When Mecca shut down, that actually helped us in our efforts to... I
0: did not not know that. I did not know that Mecca had... uh,
2: Mecca had never shut down in 1400, you know, almost 1500 years. And this was the first time. It was a big shock. It, It actually was quite emotional for many people to to just like think how, how could Mecca shut down? Mm-hmm. I think they only had, you know, the workers that were in there, you know, doing caretaking. I think they were the only ones that were in there. Um, and, and and But it, access was closed to everyone. So if Mecca could shut down, we could shut down our mosques here too.
1: It's uh, just thinking that, um, well, first of all, let's, let's, let's... Talk about the the really good news piece of this story, which is that the Peel, um, which which many of our listeners will know, was particularly hard hit by by COVID nineteen, uh, in large part because uh, of immigrant populations who are working in working in those kind of jobs where you have to go to work, where you don't get um, paid sick days, where you or those kind of problems. But despite all that, is now leading pretty much leading Canada, certainly leading uh, Ontario in terms of vaccine uptake uh, and with um, 90% vaccination of at least one dose, which is considerably ahead of the population as a whole. Um, Do you think that's basically down to the kind of communication that you and your organization have been doing and and the the kind of openness within the communities to listening to the advice of respected people, and educated people um, Uh, either within the medical community or within the faith community?
2: Um, Definitely. We had worked hard in Peel, and actually a lot of our members are from Peel. Uh, We did build a team of people from across the country, but the majority of us actually were from the Peel area, or GTA. And so it was a little bit easier for us to focus a little bit more at home um you know engaging with dr lawrence lowe and engaging with the mayor and actually the the covid muslim task force uh helped create the south asian covid task force um and so we have hindu and sikh because dr Hashim says to dr raj graywall like you know we have a we have a problem in peel we need to like fix the situation and so let's like mobilize the South Asian community. Uh, now, Muslims are not just South Asians, we're Arabs, we're Chinese, we're Russians and, and Turks, and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there is no real one language, culture, or background for Muslims, but there are many South Asian Muslims. So we were, we had uh, a role to play within the South Asian task force, but, you know, mobilizing the South Asian task force, uh, and I believe it was around the time of Diwali. Uh, that, um, you know, the information was conveyed, and, and we had to, um, you know, we had helped them get started, and they started uh, with their uh, uh, vaccination clinic. And um, so, uh, you know, it's a collaborative effect, uh, 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 effort, sorry. And, um, you know, there's, you know, you need, you need public health, you need government, you need your local mayor and our Brampton mayor and Mississauga mayor. And, you know, they worked very hard to really keep people at home, um, encourage people to get vaccinated, um, you know, from town halls to press conferences to, um, you know, having uh, tele-town halls. Uh, A lot of work was done by everyone at every level in order to get people vaccinated, we were a hotspot. We had actually um, had the first mosque, uh, the Brampton Islamic Centre, be a vaccine clinic. And in doing so, uh, you know, we were able to that was in one of the hotspot areas. Um, But we we did that during Ramadan, and uh, people fast during Ramadan, and some people were concerned about, you know, is, is this, you know, getting a vaccine going to break my fast? Uh, we don't want to break our fast. People are very um, particular and, and dedicated to their faith. They don't want to do anything that would jeopardize. And we had faith leaders actually give sermons um, on, on the fact that uh, vaccines are permissible and people can take a vaccine and it will not break your fast. Um, we made phone calls to people um from from the masjid community we went to the doors and we sent text messages we spoke in people's languages um you know it was one of those you know leave no stone uh, you know unturned
0: on, on that on that note um you know you you're, you clearly you were working closely with peel uh, regional health and in, in uh, the the local municipality. Like, did you get any help from the provincial government at this time to to mobilize? I mean, once once the the once the vaccines became real and they were starting to filter out into the communities uh, as a large, was there any outreach from the Ministry of Health to coordinate a communication strategy to? not not just your your community but as you said the south asian uh, community uh, i also want to touch upon there's also a latin american covid-19 task force and the black health task task force that were also uh focusing on on minority communities in the region mm-hmm. was there any coordination on that on that part to say okay how do we get people to buy in stand in the line get the needle anything anything of that nature
2: um not from what i know of uh i know that the region of peel did uh you know, reach out and they made a lot of effort to engage with various uh, stakeholders, including the Muslim COVID Task Force. So all a lot of effort on the provincial side, although I do know that uh, one of the MPs in Peel did hold, um, you know, every time there was an announcement made on lockdown or easing up, uh, you know, there was a, a, a Zoom call meeting where, um, you know, they shared information that the province had released. And so that was kind of reiterated and spoken in, uh, spoke, uh, rather it was addressed uh, with specific, uh, specifically to the Muslim community and how that would impact them. Um, and the COVID task force was part of those calls.
1: And, th- and that, that was certainly something we heard from our guests and Joel, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> uh, Dr. Bra, that's right, who was kind of saying, you know, that there was, you know, ironically, that that there's actually some fairly well established media organizations that that reach out into uh, various uh, uh, faith uh, and uh, uh, ethnic communities um, that could have been used by the province as a way to communicate uh, with those sectors. But she was saying, you know, this just isn't, just isn't, uh, wasn't happening in that stage. Um, I think
2: think when the pandemic began, like, nobody knew really like how to deal with it. So everyone was just trying to make sense of what they thought would be a good strategy. And, you know, it was, um, you know, I, I think it was just an, an uncoordinated bit of a mess in the beginning and everyone, you know, and I'm not blaming anyone, but I think that for some reason we weren't able to be as effective as we could have been like, my opinion is, why didn't we lock down the airports right from the get-go? You know, and
0: the, great question. Yeah.
2: Did, that would have <laughs> that would have saved us a lot. But you know, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So mm. you know,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and it strikes me that there's this is, uh, like I say, a good news story uh, that came out of something uh, uh, horrific and, and communities that are being hit disproportionately. By the impact of the of the virus before the vaccine was available um and then you, you mean that comparisons are sort of difficult but i mean that the, when we look at the people those sectors of society that are most resistant to vaccination now i can't help but think that it's it's predominantly a a white phenomenon um and um from what well, i'm judging from the tv and everything and uh, and what a peculiar state of affairs this is that the people who are kind of anti-science, who refuse to listen to voices of authority, who um, uh, are kind of hell-bent on just not taking this vaccine, are are from the most privileged uh, sectors of society. Uh, I don't know know what I'm asking there, but it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I just wondered if you had any thoughts about it.
2: Well, I mean, I think... I'm I'm not quite understanding the question, but I I think I can just maybe just make a comment that, um, you know, any there was a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of misinformation was being spread on WhatsApp and through various social media channels don't take the vaccine. It's going to, you know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, some funny videos of people like, you know, starting off speaking English and ending up, you know, speaking Chinese once you take the vaccine, you know, just ridiculous misinformation out there. And so it really created a lot of confusion and people were hesitant. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, the Muslim community, you know, as well, Uh, but, the one good thing that also came out of, and I have to say, again, Saudi Arabia showed leadership in this case where they said, if you're not vaccinated, you're not coming to perform this pilgrimage. You cannot come into the country and perform pilgrimage. Well, what did that do? It actually probably pushed people who were kind of on the fence about it. They're like, well, you know what? We're going to go and get that vaccine.
0: Um, well, on, on, on that note, um, you know, we're like, the numbers are, 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 as Roland stated before, are quite impressive. Ninety percent of Peel, uh, ages uh, twelve years and older, uh, have at least one dose. Eighty-six percent of the same demographic are, are fully vaccinated, and a lot, of, a big chunk of that is because of your organization, uh, as well as the others that I mentioned uh, previously. You know, the South Asian, Latin American, and Black health task forces. I'm, I'm wondering your insight into Peel in. You know, what, what, what do you think of, of Peel embracing vaccines? What, what is it, what did, what do you think it says about Peel region? When there are still other sectors of the province that are still very hesitant to take this vaccine yet we see in Peel, uh, an enthusiasm to, 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 to really, to really, uh, get the vaccine.
2: Um, so I think we had some really good campaigns. Uh, the, this is our shot campaign, uh, get your Tika, Tika means injection. Um, you know, a lot of positive uh, campaigning was was done um, during the vaccine kickoffs and having leaders show that, you know, their arm as they were getting their uh, vaccination, like there was a big buzz around. And, and also, I think there was also a concern that the vaccines would run out. So I think that also you know, just sort of led people to getting their first, you know, getting their vaccine at their first opportunity that they could. And it was almost like a fight towards getting the vaccine. Now, there were anti-vaxxers as well. But I think this buzz, the the many campaigns that that were taking place, uh, you know, with the with the vaccine um, and the hashtags and people seeing their leaders, their community leaders, and their faith leaders, and, um, you know, taking, getting the vaccine. I think those were, uh, you know, very encouraging to others. And it set an example for people to get their vaccine. I think having faith communities be a vaccine clinic, you know, if it was first the mosque, then um, uh, the Gurdwara, uh, Dixie Gurdwara, you've had the Hindu temples, um you know these were all positive things that took place and and had to take place you know churches as well you know like there they people and organizations all stepped up wanting to offer their space wanting to to help mitigate this pandemic and and um you know keep people safe uh i i think all of these things you know collaboratively helped Uh, move Peel into uh, a a high positive, uh, positively vaccinated um, statistic. And, you know, I I have to say that, you know, again, we, you know, the mayors, you know, really, really stepped up to the plate and really, um, you know, their messaging was really on point, having Dr. Lowe speak, address any issues um, you know, foresee potential uh, spread at various times of the year. So whether it was um, the end of e- uh, Ramadan, which is Eid, whether it was Easter or Christmas, you know, there was always our Thanksgivings, you know, there was always the messaging around, you know, don't forget we are in a pandemic, so be safe. And, you know, if we're limited to five people or your household, then that's what it is. Um, and and I think also we're uh, the Brampton community is very tight knit. Uh, people talk to each other. People, you know, gather and they they share information. And you know, whereas I I guess in other parts of Canada where houses are a little further apart and people don't talk to each other as much. But here you have people that that do talk to each other and that communication you know oh did you get yours I, I got mine um, oh mine's next week you know so like people are you know communicating and collaborating and and really encouraging each other to you know like let's you know get on it don't wait you know this is we need to do this
1: it's, it's a it's a it's almost a, well, it's an example of, of of what strong community ties can do to benefit a community, isn't it? I mean, it, it seems like, and actually, I mean, just tying in, I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to to uh, uh, go to Halton Mosque a few times uh, for, for particular events. And, and my experience as, as, as obviously a non-Muslim was um, first the most fantastic, uh, generous welcome that I received there uh, every time I was there Uh
2: I'm so happy to hear.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I'm sure every uh, mosque in uh, Ontario and in, indeed Canada would be the same. But also that um, I felt almost, and you know, the, the sad irony for those people who are fearful or hostile of other religions is that this seems, it seemed like an old fashioned, old fashioned in like kind of, this is what uh Christian communities, maybe in in North America, were like 50 years ago, um, and that there were very close uh, uh, social ties. Where now many people don't go to church, and you know, whatever. I'm not criticizing or endorsing or anything, any of that. Other than but that, that's what the church to... communities
2: used to be right. Like they mm-hmm. were a social, you know, a, a place where people could gather. Sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I do think that that that. Uh, As I say, old fashioned isn't really the right word I want to use, Uh, but that very healthy kind of strong community uh, links um, that that you see in places like Brampton um, is something that has been lost in other parts of Ontario. And and it's, it's regrettable and it's maybe informing that kind of fractured distrust of distrust of educated people and things like that that we're seeing with 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 the anti-vax uh movement and things like that that we don't get in uh, the muslim community or the hindu community uh it it appears or in a much smaller to a much smaller degree it's, it's a really interesting thing that it says about uh sort of modern society maybe
2: um yeah definitely i i really feel like peel is a place where people can be really like back to basics, like just very, you know, traditional visit each other's homes. You don't have to call in advance. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, once the pandemic hit, I think, you know, that, that affected a lot of people and it really pained a lot of people to not being able to not be able to just drop into their neighbor's house or not drop into their family family or, or hang out with their friends. I think, you know, people are very, you know, wanting to, you know, we're social beings. And so it's, um, it's something that I'm proud that we belong to a community that uh, is very closely connected to each other. And, you know, it's a double edged sword, because that was also our detriment during the early days of COVID. And um, people, you know, having to stay safe Um, a lot of the homes in peel are multi-generational homes and so families uh, you know brothers and their kids and mothers parents and um, children you know you could have 15 to 20 people in one home in brampton but that's just how it is
0: that in other parts
2: of the world those
0: those ties uh that that the 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 community has, what what factor do you think that played into to overcoming the vaccine hesitancy that we're see, that we're still seeing in large parts of the of the country? Because um, I mean, ninety percent you know, dosed in Peel is an impressive number, and you got to think that somehow you you managed to overcome a lot of that vaccine hesitancy that we're still seeing across the province. And I'm wondering, is there something with those community ties that 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 I trust my neighbor? And if a yes. neighbor got it, that you know it's good enough for good enough for him or her, it's good enough for me
2: pretty much. i I would say. And again, like I said, if like there's a household of you know twelve or fifteen people, they're all getting the vaccine. And if there's some hesitancy, maybe one or two people in that family might not get it, but then they'll eventually come under pressure because everyone else got it. And yes, talking to neighbors who got the vaccine, you know also helps. So, like I said you know I think the communicating the talking the network that were were built um, and um, you know I think all of that helped in in really getting people out there and getting vaccinated um, yeah and and also when they hear messaging on ethnic media like I think that helps too because people are very connected based on their language.
0: well I see I see we're coming up on uh, on our half hour uh, uh, time limit here and I just have one last question question to ask um and I just now that you know the vaccine is now being- ex- expanded into uh children uh what are the plans for the for the task force to uh to reach out to uh to encourage the younger younger generation to get uh get vaccinated
2: yep so uh we're actually still in discussions on that uh possibly uh again another vaccine clinic at the mosque for children to get vaccinated um so that's in the works. I don't want to say too much because I don't know um, where it's going to be approved. Where it's going to be approved? But yes, definitely. Uh, you know, if uh, if we were able to mobilize for adults to get vaccinated, we are going to be involved in uh, helping to get children vaccinated as well.
0: Well, um, that's it for uh, for me, Roland. Do you have any other questions? To ask? I
1: was just say I just think it's an outstanding story of of of, uh, of a community success and a, and, commu- and, and communities with, with different cultural and religious backgrounds working together to achieve something really notable that is saving lives and um, and and beating this this horrible uh, disease. Um, so it, it, it's really something that I think other, some other communities around around Ontario and around Canada and maybe even around the world um, could, could learn from. So congratulations to you and uh, everybody in. Rampton and Peel for 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 what you've achieved. I think it's uh, really impressive and um, uh, and nice to have a, a kind of you know in the in the midst of all the the hardship and and difficulties of COVID to uh, uh, see something like that having a, a really positive effect is, is great. So, um, and
2: I have to say one more thing. You know, I know we're speaking on uh, the Muslim COVID Task Force, but we we really did collaborate with community partners. So, you know, the the South Asian Task Force, the Hindu and Sikh community, the Punjabi community health services, um, our local shelters, like we made sure that, you know, this wasn't just one community, but all of us working together um, to help save our community from uh, any, uh, any further um, spread of COVID.
0: Well, thank you very much for all, all the work. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the 905-er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905-er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905-er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time.
2: Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.